0: Good morning. We welcome you to our community Christmas Eve service. We are glad you're here. You've done a great job of filling in rows. You left the front seat, the front row pretty empty, but that's all right. Uh, we know some of you are still coming in and just try to do the best you can finding seats. We welcome those who are joining us on the live stream as well. Hopefully you picked up communion and a candle Uh, when you came in. If you did not during the first song, maybe send somebody back towards the uh, lobby and they will help you up. Let's uh, stand together now. We're going to sing a song we're all familiar with now, Manger Throne.
1: could have stepped into creation, a fire for all to see, brought every tribe and nation to their knees. Arriving with the host of heaven, a royal robe and crown, the rulers of the earth all bowing down. But you chose meekness over majesty. Wrapped Your power in humanity. Glory be to
2: You
1: alone, King who reigns from a manger throne. My
3: The season of watching and waiting is over. The people who walked in darkness have seen a great light. This is the light of the world, and the darkness cannot extinguish it. So today we light the Christ candle.
4: Oh, sing to the Lord a new song. Sing to the Lord all the earth. Tell of his salvation from day to day. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among all the peoples. Psalm 96, 1 through 3.
5: Merry Christmas, church family. The Apostle John introduces us to Jesus with these words In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning.
3: Children born not of natural descent nor of human decision or a husband's will, but born of God. And we celebrate this Christmas with the closing thoughts.
5: The Word became flesh and made His dwelling among us. We have seen His glory, the glory of the one and only Son who came from the Father, full of
3: grace and truth. All God's people said...
6: and to uphold it, with justice and with righteousness, from this time forth and forevermore. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will do this.
4: I invite everybody to stand up and sing with us.
5: Merry Christmas, everyone. Merry Christmas. Absolutely. As a pastor of Mountain View Community Church, I am blessed that Dan invited us to come and join in a community Christmas Eve time of worship. We're blessed to be here. Let me just jump in what the Lord has laid on my heart, and Dan and I are doing this together. You look at the Advent wreath for a moment. The lights of the candles of the Advent wreath may not appear that bright from where you sit right now. But completely darken this room and allow your eyes to adjust. And these candles will illuminate this entire room with a warm amber glow. But as peaceful and in some things we think of candlelighting as romantic as that lighting might be, when you and I are moving somewhere in a hurry, not done to find anybody in this room, <laughs> not knowing where you're going, not know what's in front of you, most of us would say the light of a candle might be somewhat insufficient. We might say to ourselves, I'll take as much light as I can get. Take Christmas lights, for example. We love to put them on our trees, don't we? Anybody fully decorated house? Anybody got lights outside your house? Anyone? Go ahead and raise your hand. I figure. I just love to sit and look at Christmas lights on a Christmas tree. I need no other decorations. They are beautiful, but they don't put out much light. To be exact, for you need geeks here in the room. I went ahead and did the math for you. I put it on the screen. Christmas lights. If you've ever looked it up, it's only 0.51 watts. 2.4 volts, 1.3 lumens. If you ever went on Jeopardy, I want half your money. <laughs> in comparison, you look at that Advent wreath right there. There are 12.5 lumens per candle. With the Christmas in the middle, that's about 50 lumens. It takes about 50 light Christmas lights to match the lumens of the Advent wreath. We can all find a little bit of peace this time of year by hanging up our pot, .51 watt, 1.3 lumen Christmas lights to remember the birth of the Savior. It's a beautiful thing. I mean, Culpepper seems to think so. The yearly Christmas parade, was anybody there? We have hundreds of blinged out cars and trucks and rigs, all full of Christmas lights, but all traveling about five, about five miles per hour in a straight line. Why? Because that amount of light produced by those little tiny lights is not enough to make traveling faster and forward in motion safe. The light produced by our Christmas lights, it's helpful to us, but only as we slowly look back and remember the history of God's profound love for you and for me in the sitting of his one and only Son, Jesus Christ. I started to think about the vehicle that you drove in and the vehicle I drove here today. Maybe you walked here if you live close. But think about your vehicle for a second. Think about this. If you backed into a parking lot or you pulled into a parking lot today, you have to back up your car at some point to get out. Start so thinking about when you back up, what happens on the back of your car? A little light comes on, a little white light comes on. We call it a reverse light. I, I ran with this. Put it on the screen for a second. <laughs> Older model cars, yours is on the right. Newer models, you're on the left. That's your backup light, 20 watts max, 277 lumens, 426 total. That's a total of 213 Christmas lights. Now why in the world would I be showing you this? Because we don't need that much light to move in reverse because you shouldn't be going that fast in reverse anyway unless you're secret service, driving the vehicle they call the beast, moving the president of the United States out of a hostile situation. We hang Christmas lights To reverse our thoughts and remember the baby in a manger, a gift from God to humanity in the past. But what about moving forward? None of us should be speeding down the road tonight by the Christmas, the lights of a Christmas tree bulb or an Advent candle taped to the front of your vehicle. It wouldn't be safe. There's not enough light produced by that 0.5-watt bulb to guide us over the complex and dangerous terrain of social, political, financial, and ideological crises spilling over in our world today. Simply put, we can't navigate life today by a Christmas bulb or even a once-a-year Christmas Eve service. It was Jesus who said these words in John eight twelve. When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. He who follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Jesus says, not your Christmas bulb, not the candle you're going to light here in the moment. I'm the light of the world. He's the light of the world today, and he's the light of the world again tomorrow. Jesus didn't come to simply fill our houses with a warm amber glow at Christmas and say, every one of you here, those of you here on the stage, good luck with your future. Hope things work out for you. No. Jesus says, I came to fill those who put their faith in me with a light. The light of revelation. The light of instruction and wisdom so that you and I can see how to navigate through the spiritual darkness that permeates our world. Hear me when I say this. When you get in your car again and put it in reverse, remember this. Jesus is not simply a taillight that we use once a year to back up and remember his birth. Yes, he can simply, yes, he certainly can help us learn from the past. And we need to learn from the past. But Jesus is ahead as well. He's not just behind. He's our headlamp as well. You go out to your car, you go out to your truck, you start it up. Either your light's going to come on automatically Or second or third thing you do when it gets dark. And so to continue the analogy, look at the front of your car for a second. All the geeks in here are loving this. You know, look at the headlamp bulb. 55 watts low beam, 75 watts high beam, 700 to 1,200 lumens per light. I thought that's 1,846 Christmas lights to match what's on the front of your car. But too many people. Too many people only look in reverse to see Jesus, but in doing so, we struggle to see how this little baby can fix what you and I are going through today. We were never intended to come to this time of year and simply light up our communities with string lights and Christmas candles, remembering the past, simply hoping that the future will work itself out. Jesus is no longer, I think we all know this, he's no longer an infant, right? He's no longer a a toddler. He's the risen Lord and the risen King, sovereign over sin and death, active in our present and absolutely in our future. When the prophet Isaiah wrote those words recorded a few moments ago by Marco and Abby, missionaries in Tel Aviv right now, and they're the ones who were on the video a moment ago, Those words were not written as a small string of lights to remember only his birth. Actually, Isaiah chapter 9, beginning in verse 2, stopped looking backwards and began looking forward to the second coming of Jesus Christ. So, why do I say this? As Christians, we need to get out of reverse a lot of the times and start looking forward to the risen king, awaiting permission from God to return to earth again. We need to get our hearts and our minds in drive. And start trusting that 2,400 lumens of spiritual light provided to you and me by the Holy Spirit to help us to move through this life victoriously. Life is moving fast, is it not? It certainly is. There'll be times when we need to speed up through life circumstances. At other times, we need to lower that gear and crawl through the difficulties in front of us. But Jesus promised That his light in us will help us see how to make it around and through the challenges ahead. He's the light of the world today. Any electricians in the room? His amperage is eternal. His wattage is out of this world. His lumens help us to see despite the greatest of the world's calamities right in front of us today. So keep your life in drive. Keep it moving forward. As the prophet said, it was on the screen a moment ago, Jesus our coming king his name was what it was wonderful wonderful was never intended to be an adjective for counselor his name is wonderful you may remember samson in the old testament strong as an ox god gave him that string he had a father his father's name was Manoah. one day he came into the presence of the captain of hosts the angel and he asked the angel what is your name this was samson's dad And the angel replied to him, why do you ask my name? It is beyond understanding. The King James of that says, why do you ask my name? Seeing that it's a secret. The word secret is the same word wonderful in the Hebrew. My name is wonderful. The people didn't know it when Jesus came. Some people don't even understand today. Many of us have put our faith in Jesus Christ and trusted him as Lord and Savior. But we just don't know how wonderful he is. Jesus Christ is coming back. And he's going to put down rebellion when he comes back to earth. Anybody realize that? He came as a baby, but he's come back as a victorious king that second time. And he's going to reign on the earth. His name is wonderful. His name was also counselor, was it not? With the increase in mental health challenges that are all around, we all face difficulties, every single one of us. And all the deeply disturbing social and national crises It's hard to find an available counselor today. They're all busy. But Jesus said, I'm your what? I'm your counselor too. I've never, did you realize that Jesus never sought the counsel of men? He never asked for man's advice. We know from Romans chapter 11, when the word says, who has known the mind of the Lord? Who has been his counselor? We never see in the gospels the Lord Jesus Christ sitting down with his disciples and saying, hey, fellas, what do you think I ought to do next? You never see him doing that. You need to read the scriptures. It doesn't mean. It doesn't mean that we don't need human counselors. We all need those counselors in our life. But Jesus does not. Jesus the one that was born. And the one that is coming back. He is our counselor. Jesus is the one that will give us the light to navigate. Whatever life situation you're driving through right now. And you feel like you're going 100 miles an hour. If you don't hear anything else I say today. Hear these next couple of words. Life is not moving too fast for Jesus. Life is not moving too fast for Jesus. He's our counselor. But he also said that the one who would come is mighty God. That's what Jesus was named El Gabor in the Hebrew. He's the one in whom all strength is given. For that word in Hebrew defines strength and power and hero and warrior. So when Isaiah 6, 9 tells us that Jesus Christ is El Gabor, that means he shows up in your life, in mine, and power and strength right at the right moment. We're here today to remind ourselves that Jesus Christ came as a child. He died. He rose again. He ascended into heaven, and he's available right now. You might not be able to get into a counselor in this world until January, but the Lord Jesus Christ is available right now, and his strength and his power are available right now as well. The Word also said this. He's everlasting Father. What does it mean by that? I think some of us need to hear right now, and I don't know all the situations. Dan doesn't know either. None of us do. Jesus isn't going anywhere. Is that a good thing? Jesus is not going anywhere. I say crank up the lumens on this. He's everlasting father. In Hebrew, it's Aviad. He's everlasting. Everlasting just doesn't just dignify or designate the dwelling place of Jesus, the dwelling place of God. But it tells us how long Jesus is going to remain on his throne. How long is the Lord Jesus Christ going to remain on his throne? The Bible says everlasting. Everlasting is everlasting. So Jesus is called everlasting father or the father of eternity. Past, present, and future Put on your headlamps, followers of Jesus. Let's get moving. Because Paul said to the church of Colossae in Colossae, Colossians 1.16, he said, for in him all things were created. Things in heaven and on earth, visible and invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. I don't know how much confidence you came into this room with today. But this ought to give you and me a whole lot of confidence to hit the gas and rev the engine a little more as we move towards today's uncertainties. Jesus reigns eternally over all sin and all death. The Jesus we hear to honor today, he's the king of the mountain for all eternity. He's the light on the hill that cannot be hidden. And if that brings a smile to your face, it should because the same word in the Hebrew that we get everlasting, part of the root of this, we get joy. Everlasting Father, everlasting joy. Not the happiness that you, maybe you get the right present under the tree. Maybe you met the right girl, the right guy. Understand. But in eternity with Jesus, as the one who says, I will bring continual joy. I say to the church family gathered here today, turn on your headlamps. Hit the gas. This is truly something to look forward to. Merry Christmas, everyone.
0: Wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father, Prince of Peace. Peace has been the theme of every thought about the coming Messiah from the prophets of old, reminding God's people that there would be no peace until God reigns on this earth, to shepherds keeping watch over their flocks by night, to churches today gathering in war zones, to us in this room, on this live stream, struggling with some aspect of our lives that doesn't feel like we have peace. The Hebrew word for peace means to tie up loose ends together into the whole. And the idea is that Jesus takes the fragments of all of our lives, the fragments of our community, the fragments of our churches, the fragments of our world, and he weaves together a new reality, a reality of peace, a new creation. Paul said that this peace passes all human understanding. And Paul did all that he could to try to create his own peace. He came to the point where he saw the light of the world. And that light forever changed him. And if you noticed in Paul's writings, so often, he would write things like this, grace and peace to you from God our Father and the Lord Jesus Christ. He had experienced the Prince of Peace. And I would say to us that if Jesus is just light and we have no peace, then we really haven't encountered that light. He's the light of the world and he's the Prince of Peace. And we, in this room, have the joyful mission of helping others experience the peace of Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but, but on Christmas Eve, the world seems to get really big on us. Some of us are Santa tracking across this big world. We come to full churches. We sing songs with big themes, and sometimes those big themes are easy to leave behind in a holy night church building, but we, all of us, are called to be witnesses to the Prince of Peace, and we do that at 318 Southwest Street and 16088 Rogers Road, and God also has this strange wild idea that every address represented in this room and on the live stream is an extension of his peace in the world. And so, I also have to say that if Jesus' light has not led us to be proclaimers of peace in our neighborhoods, in our community, and in our world, then whatever light we think we have, it's not the light of the Prince of Peace. We share his peace with those around us. Because he is the Prince of Peace. And I guarantee you that if we reflected the one that is the Prince of Peace, our living rooms and our church buildings couldn't hold the people that will come to that truth. And so the question is, if they're not coming, if the culture's not responding, what is wrong with our reflection of that peace? so many people desperate for peace in their lives. The one we worship is the Prince of Peace. And one of the ways that we extend the peace of Christ from the safety of our buildings in Culpeper, Virginia, and our country is by extending this peace through our generosity. And tonight, we're focusing on three places— in the world, You're going to hear from a lot of places in the world in just a few moments. But we're focusing on three places in the world tonight. The Joshua Fund in Israel that commits to bless Israel and their neighbors in the midst of great uncertainty, in the midst of great heartache and hardship. And some of our Christmas Eve offering will go to support them. Churches in Ukraine that continue the ongoing work of meeting needs and proclaiming hope in a place that's been devastated by war for too long. Streams Church in Uganda that continues to reflect Jesus' light in the world. And so our Christmas mission offering will go to share the light in those three places. And behind me on the screen right now are two QR codes. And just for the sake of bookkeeping, if you're a Mountain View person, use your Mountain View code. If you're a Culpeper Baptist person, use your Culpeper Baptist code. And it'd be really great right now if if I felt like I was really important because everybody had their phones out getting those QR codes (laughs) and shooting past me and making sure you're able to be generous. But I want you to know all of the money we give tonight, today will go to support our friends in Israel, the continued work in Ukraine, and the light that's being shown in Uganda. Now, if you're new to us, or you didn't come prepared to give, hey, don't worry about that. We're glad you're here. And if you brought an offering today— There are also tables in the lobby where you can uh, put your offering for Mountain View, our Culpeper Baptist. He is the wonderful counselor, mighty God, everlasting Father. And we invite you to join with believers all over the world today in gathering around his table and remembering that he has taken the fragments of all of our lives And through his death on the cross, he's invited us to a new creation, to a new way of life, and the privilege of sharing that with the world. Will you pray with me? Father God, we thank you for who you are. Everlasting Father, mighty God, wonderful Counselor, Prince of Peace. We thank you for the privilege that we have to know you through the sending of your son, through his life on earth, through his death, through his resurrection and the presence of his spirit here today. Lord, thank you for all the ways we reflect the light and the peace of your love and your goodness. And so Lord, as we gather at the table, as we remember what you have done. We're mindful that we bring so many identities into a room like this. But the one thing that holds us together is the identity we have at your cross and what you have done for us. And the identity we have that you've invited us to your table. And so, Lord, help us be mindful that we are not individuals when we come to the table, that you have invited us as the body of Christ, and that body of Christ extends across geographies right now, extends to all places in this world, and it extends across time, and you bring us together around the unity of who you are. And so, we thank you for your body broken for us and your blood shed for us. In your name we pray, amen. Amen. You'll have your cup and open up the wafer side of your cup. I'll give you a half a second to do that. On the night he was betrayed, Jesus took the bread, and when he'd given thanks, he broke it. He said, this is my body given for you. Take and eat. Amen.
5: Romans 3.23, that all have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. That's inclusive of every one of us here in this room and online as well. Romans 6.23, wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Christ Jesus our Lord. We talk about gifts this time of year. What an incredible time to do communion. When Jesus met, as Dan said, with his disciples in the upper room, they took the bread, then they took the cup, more than likely the cup of redemption of the Passover meal. He took it and he shared it amongst his disciples, reminding them that the new covenant would come through blood. Every covenant that God made throughout Scripture came with the shedding of blood. Something or someone died to make a covenant a reality. That baby that we celebrate this time of year was born to die for you and for me. So that the wages of sin that is in my life and yours could be paid for completely by someone other than yourself. It is a gift that must be received. It is an invitation that must be responded to. I, met, I invited someone to Christmas Eve a couple of nights ago while playing on the courts of pickleball. Fun guy to spend time with. When I invited him to come for the third time, he finally looked at me and said, I'm waiting for an invitation. Caught me off guard. I thought I've invited you three times tonight. Then he darted his eyes up like he's waiting for God to invite him. How many of us get to a church service and think, I'm still waiting for God to invite me into a relationship with him? He already is. When he came and was born and when he hung on that cross, That's the invitation to surrender your life to him. For those who understand what this cup represents, as Jesus said, take it and drink and remember what Christ has done for you. Amen.
7: Father God, we come before you and we just with much praise and joy and thanksgiving in our hearts say thank you for the fact that you sent your son Jesus to this earth, God wrapped in flesh to be our means of peace. As Paul said in Colossians, and he is the head of the body of the church, he is the beginning, the firstborn from the dead, that in everything he might be preeminent. For in Him, in Christ, is all the fullness of God pleased to dwell. And through Him to reconcile to Himself all things, whether on earth or in heaven, making peace by the blood of the cross. The wonder of Christmas doesn't stay in the manger, but it is the God who goes from the manger to the cross to intercede on the behalf of sinners who have been separated from Him because of their sin. And Lord, we thank You that You have made it possible by the new covenant to bring us into fellowship with You. I pray that as we gather here today, if there's someone struggling to understand peace, if there's someone in here who doesn't feel as though they are lovable, if there's someone in here who feels as though their sin is too great, would they be reminded that they can never outsin the wonderful, matchless grace of God. And Lord, that is what Christmas is all about. So would you fill our hearts with peace today? In a world filled with chaos, would you allow us to focus on you? Not from the manger, but to the cross. And Lord, would we give you praise because of that? It's in your name that we pray and ask these things.
0: We're going to come to the favorite part of the service. We're going to light candles together. We're going to sing Silent Night. A uh, little just to help, if you will move the unlit candle to the lit candle, that'll keep everybody safe and will keep candle wax off the floor. So, unlit candle, the lit candle, we'll light off the Christ candle and then come share the light with one another. As we are doing that, you're going to see some incredible videos from a mission partners around the world.
2: Merry
6: Christmas! My name is Marco Ricciardi. This is my wife, Abby. We live in Tel Aviv, Israel, and we work with Youth with a Mission.
4: Merry
2: Christmas! Merry Christmas! Christmas.
6: Hello, I'm Russell. And I'm Stephen. And we have from the cold pepper warming center
4: merry, merry christmas. christmas to all of you <laughs> your dear family in usa your family here in uganda
2: wishes you a wonderful christmas and i do later come christmas
4: at the
2: and we also want to light this candle as we said
4: merry christmas
2: our dear family in the USA, here in Uganda, your family here in Uganda, we wish you a wonderful Christmas. Christmas abseme. Tuba Christmas We also want to light. Christmas candle with you. As we say,
4: Merry,
6: Merry Christmas. Christmas.
4: We are
7: Nathan Berry
4: Missionary Stores of Poland.
6: And we have the privilege and the opportunity to light the next Advent candle. We light this candle remembering the birth of Christ in the light of His gospel that has traveled around the world. We
7: zijn zo
6: Merry Christmas.
4: silent night.